This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, October 7th, and it's week five of the National Football League. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love that feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. This Sunday's Texans-Jaguars matchup is presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's begin this week with Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday. As always, Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli react to the previous game, this time a 29-21 loss to the Eagles. Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco join us from elsewhere on this Monday. And good afternoon, Pete. Let's start with you today. What's up? Yeah, that's, um, boy, ball security. Take care of the damn football. I don't care how wet it is. You have to take care of the football. That was not a good performance at all for Trevor Lawrence. And uh, it seemed to me, and you guys would know better than me because you were you, you talked to the group there, but it looked like the wet ball really bothered him and really impacted the way he played. By the way, when he the first fumble when he dropped it on that, uh, it wasn't a turnover, but he recovered it, but... He had a guy wide open that would have continued that drive, and he was getting ready to throw it to him, and it fell out of his hand. Yeah, it was officially a turnover, though. It was recovered by the Eagles. It was fourth oh, down right. anyway. But That's right. It was fourth yes. down. That's right. It's fourth down, but uh, yeah. it didn't matter if he recovered it or not. But Either way. It, it still, he had a guy on. He had a guy open. Tim Jones, I think, was open right in front of him, and he would have hit him for a first down. So little things, the center exchange. That, by the way, I'm going to go back to that play. The play before – Travis Etienne got the first down. Why didn't it. they challenge that? I think he got it. It was first glance in here in the studio. We were sitting here watching it. Me and Mike Dempsey were here, and that was the first thing we said. Well, take a challenge on this. It, was, it looked it like he fell over close. the line. It wasn't even close. He was about a yard over. I mean, a, at least a half yard over. Yeah. I mean, that was a bad decision by Doug Peterson. He should have challenged that. I didn't like that call. Um, I didn't like up 14-7, the third and 10 draw. I didn't like that one bit. I get it. It's raining, but you had hit some passes already in the rain, so clearly you could have hit some more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's ball security, JP. If you don't take care of the football, you're not going to win games. Yeah, and they had obviously taken the ball away a bunch this year and had uh, the benefits of that. Let's try Tony Baselli. Are you with us, Tony? Good afternoon. I'm with you. I'm with you. Can you hear me? We've got you clearly, audio-wise at least. Um, hey, we don't yeah, have to look at you. we got the best of both worlds. Oh, that's a win-win. <laughs> Whatever. I turned the camera on. It's not working, though. We'll try to redial it during the uh, break. But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with most of what Pete said. I mean, I, I don't think, unless you were there, you could appreciate how bad that weather was. And the wind was gusting. Um, and I think the wind is as much of an issue, you know, especially for a young quarterback to deal with than anything. And, you know, but it was a team, if you look at what the formula for their victory in the two games coming into that game, it was dominating the lines of scrimmage, good, I'm not saying great, but good quarterback play and no turnovers. And they were minus four on the day. And they were fortunate they weren't minus five because of the Christian, of the James Robinson fumble that bounced right to Christian Kirk. Yeah. And so they came into the season plus seven, and now they're going to be plus three. Um, and so the, the formula that they had used to win football games, they did everything opposite of that. Now, the good news is 
You played really poorly against a very good team on the road. And you still had the chance with the ball in your hand, a minute 54 to go down and tie it up. And so there's, you know, yes, it's not where you want it to be. Yes, it's a, it's a game where you're going to you're going to look back and be frustrated that you think you should have won or very easily could have won if it wasn't to, you didn't have the self-inflicted mistake, you know, pain and, and the mistakes. Uh, but you can't turn it over and Trevor didn't play well. And there was other guys that didn't play well. It's not all in Trevor. I thought the defense was very poor in their gap gap integrity. They were chasing ghosts. They were um, they were not stout. Now, that's a very good Eagles offensive line. But they played most of the game without their starting left tackle and still um, were very effective. And there was not in the, there was no real pass rush. And that, I think that's something that, again, this team's not a great pass rushing team. Happy Hour Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XLAM, Jaguars.com, and the Jags' social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's continue with the best sound from press conferences or interviews this week, starting with Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, Wednesday, addressing his confidence and the team's confidence after five giveaways on offense last week. Losing by eight, and that's, you know, losing by one score when you didn't play well, still we lost the game. It's the end of the day. It goes in the loss column, goes in a win column for them. So that's the end result. But I think the positive is, you know, seeing how well we how well we can play and how good we can be when we when we're, we don't make mistakes, and we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we don't turn the ball over, when we play um, in sync, when we complement each other offensively and defensively. I mean, you saw us jump out of that lead early. And it's just, you know, being more consistent and doing that throughout the game. Um, we've done that the, the two weeks before. That's kind of what we did. And you saw the end result. And then this week, did that early and just didn't finish. So we know we're heading in the right direction, but it's just about consistency. So this, this did nothing to diminish the belief within the locker room Not at all. that this no. team it's got, a, it's got a chance to do some good things. Yeah, I mean, we, we really believe in who we are and, and the talent we have, but not even not even the talent. Obviously, you have to have talent to, to be a good team in, in this league, and everybody does. But um, it's really the way we work, the way we prepare, our process. We trust that, and it's it's been paying off for us. And same thing Sunday. We were prepared. We just didn't execute. And that's, you know, th- those are sometimes different for different reasons. Um, but I think just we've, trust our, we've trusted our process, and it's – you know, it's worked well for us, and obviously, just like I said, continuing to be more consistent, though. Moving consistency forward. Consistency for a young team and young quarterback, is that the hardest thing to kind of get a hold of? As things kind of go, you know, you're learning, everyone's together for the first time, that kind of thing, new coach. I think that's something that kind of grows over the season. Obviously, it's still early. We, you know, we just finished the first, what, quarter of the season, so we still have, we still have a long ways to go to, to get to where we want to be as far as playing our best football at the end of the year. And, um, that's the that's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, it's the first quarter of the season, and we've played some some really good football early. Have played not so great at times too, but there's so much to build off of, good and bad. So, using all that, but to your point, using all that to be more consistent, to to ride the highs and to withstand the lows, the highs and lows of the games. You know, you're going to have those, and obviously, like I said on Sunday, when you jump out to a lead, like how can we keep piling on and really take advantage of that situation, and then. You know, when we go down, they had a couple scores in a row and we're not moving the ball on offense. How do we bounce back from that? Which I thought we actually did in the game. So, but then just finishing, you know, so there's always things um, to, that you can do to be more consistent, but it's just managing all the situations. And we're a young team, but I feel like we're getting a lot of great experience and we're just going to continue to learn. Do you feel good about where you are from where you kind of were at the beginning of the season in terms of your development, the offense, your consistency, that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, I, I feel I feel like I've made a lot of progress, especially from last year, from where I was. 
Um, obviously, didn't didn't play well on Sunday, so that's that's not where I want to be. But it's at, if you look at the year, you know, as a whole, I think I've made, I know I've made a lot of steps in the right direction, and I know I've improved a lot. So continuing to build off that, don't let one game affect my confidence. You know, I, I'm still the same player that went into Philly on Sunday, and then still the same player here on on Wednesday getting ready for the Texans. So not letting that affect me at all. Um, obviously, I know I have to play better. You know, that's. Everybody knows that your quarterback's got to play well to win in this league, and especially going down the road, you know, hopefully getting to the playoffs, all those things, um, got to play well. So, I mean, we all understand it, but just for me, um, I really, if I can just stay consistent, keep making progress, and keep taking those steps, I really believe in myself and this team. Now to offensive coordinator Press Taylor Thursday on the quarterback play and much more. Yeah, it's something we've emphasized since the day we got here and continue to emphasize them with them in the pocket of, you know, always – always being ball aware in the pocket, having two hands on, being secure in your grip. Um, and you know, that, that's one of the danger zones we talk about is in the pocket and the way he holds the football. We continue to emphasize that in individual, continue to show him examples of good, bad. Um, you know, it happens. Quarterbacks, you get hit in the pocket, you're extended, you're ready to throw the football. Something happens from time to time. You know, we want to do everything we can in our power with the drill work, with just emphasizing, showing him good, showing him bad. He understands that. And, and that's something he's, he's working to uh, correct for himself as well. Um, but yeah, it happens. It was very unfortunate. The, the unfortunate part in that game, at least, was there were two completely unforced. You know, we had a, we had a quarterback center exchange, and then we had one that just slipped out of our hand. Um, so those are really the disappointing ones. When it, when it happens in the pocket, it's going to happen from time to time. You, you want to do everything you can to not let that happen, but we understand that. But the, the two unforced were the ones that really, really hurt us. How do you do that? Just throw the game plan, uh, play calling plan sideways, you know, yeah. have that many turnovers. You don't, you know, you get 46 plays, right. which is, you know, probably 25 or 30 less than the normal game. Certainly, yeah. It definitely changes, uh, you know, you got to look a lot of good plays on the call sheet that you want to get to, and you're just not able to when you get 46, 47 plays. Um, you know, you, you, you don't get to run the ball as many times as you want. You end up in different situations where it's a two-minute and you're forced to throw the football. and So it definitely skews your numbers um, over the course of the game. How big was Jamal Agnew for you on Sunday, and, and do you think he's earned a role moving forward? Certainly. He, he definitely stepped up. You know, uh, we, Zay kind of battled through the week to see if we could get him ready to go. Um, ultimately, we just made the decision that it was best for, for Zay and for the team for, to get, let Zay get healthy a little bit longer. Um, and part of that comes from we know what Jamal is and what he's capable of. So we had a lot of confidence that he and Tim Jones could step up and fulfill that role. And, uh, you know, that kind of parts with a lot of different people. We have the backs. We have some versatile running backs. We have versatile tight ends that we feel like we can plug and play and kind of move things around if we need to. If a situation like that comes up where we have a guy that's kind of a day-to-day uh, -day decision and ends up not making it, we have the pieces um, within our offense to be able to move around like that. But Jamal's certainly one of those pieces. The, the greatest thing about Jamal is his mental flexibility. We could tell Jamal the day of the game, hey, I need you to play X, and on this play I need you to play F, and that play I need you to play that. He can handle it. He's one of the smartest guys we have, communicates really, really well in the huddle, um, and he's going in the huddle with other smart guys. So he's able to talk with Marvin, Christian, Tim Jones, and they're kind of – there were a lot of times where you probably don't notice it, but they're switching positions, and you would never know that unless you knew exactly what our formation was called. But, you know, we have a lot of smart guys that give us the ability to do that, and, and Jamal's just one of those guys. Head coach Doug Peterson Wednesday explained what happened last week with the turnovers and the defense giving up 210 rushing yards, plus he looked ahead to the Houston Texans. No, I mean, that's why you practice, honestly, and that's why you prepare, um, you know, and, and you don't expect – what 
you know, you don't expect what happened to happen, but at the same time, as you go through the week, I mean, you you, you have great optimistic, your optimism that, you know, things are going to go your way, you know, and, and that's just why you practice and prepare each week. When you watch the tape back, the struggles on in run defense, do you write that off as a one-off circumstantial against the Eagles, or were there actually things you saw there that? No, there were things there that we need to fix. I mean, it, a little bit of the Washington deal kind of raised its head a little bit. Um, all fixable, all correctable, all teachable. Um, and, and that's going to be the focus this week to make sure we stay disciplined with, uh, and this is a good running team. So, you know, we got to make sure we stay disciplined in those uh, in those run lanes. Yeah, Damian Pierce, only running back to get any carries for them last week. And obviously the rookie, you know, he, he performed well. A lot of folks around here believe uh, he has a lot of tread on his tire and maybe he should have played a little bit more at Florida. What do you see from him on tape? Yeah, I mean, he was somebody we liked in the draft. and. And um, it's what you—it's what you see. He's a—you know—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a load. You know, it, he's only five nine, about two eighteen, but he's thick and he's solid and um, had a nice seventy-five yard run last week. And you know, he's capable of doing that. So uh, it's got to be all hands on deck, obviously, to to get him on the ground. And um, you know, that's our division, though, right? I mean, this is a run division, and and uh, we've got some great running backs that we gotta we gotta take care of. So with that said, if Foley, let's say, can't go. What, how do you manage depth along that defensive line, especially knowing that run defense is going to be critical? Yeah, I mean, there's some things that we can, you know, we can we can get to without really, you know, identifying them right now. Um, but you know, there's there's ways of maneuvering, you know, and manipulating our roster um, in the week of preparation, I should say. And and um, you know, as we get closer uh, to game time, we'll have we'll have everything ironed out. What sort of stress can Brandon Cooks put on the secondary? Quite a bit. I mean, veteran guy. He's quick. He's uh, he's slippery. He he knows he knows defense. Knows how to get open. Um, and I've played against him a few times now. And and uh, he's just he's just that. And, and he's the you know he's kind of the focal point you know offensively in the passing game for them. And and uh, we got to understand where he is and how they you know how they move him around. How pleased have you been with your safety play so far this season, Rayshon and Cisco? I think after the first game. You know the Washington game; they really settled in. You know you're seeing great communication between these two. Uh, they're getting hands on the football, obviously, both of them. Uh, it was great to see uh, you know Cisco get the interception last week for the touchdown. You know Rayshon did that against uh, against Indy the week uh, two weeks before. So it, it, they're they're starting to really play complementary football back there, and and it all starts with the communication. And finally, wide receiver Jamal Agnew stepped into the role of the injured Zay Jones last week. In the second quarter, the Jags ran a wide receiver screen to Agnew on the left side, but he had to wait for the left tackle Cam Robinson to get in front, and then a pancake block sprung him. That play's designed to um, offensive line, the tackle and the guard to come out and lead block. Um, so, And then I, when I caught it, I seen nothing but green jersey, so I was like, all right, I'm going to let Cam get out here first, and then I'm going to... Then I'm gonna start running. So, and I seen Cam Pancake came, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just follow him. <laughs> so I just kept going. <laughs> Credit to Cam. Cam's probably one of the most athletic tackles in the game right now. Um, you know, we do a lot of things to get him in space, lead block, and stuff like that. So um, it's just fun watching him. He's been doing that all year too. He did that to 44 on the Colts too. And completely pancaked him. Injuries or no, do you feel like you're gonna get more at bats in the rotation, even if everybody's healthy? Um, I mean, I, hopefully, I'd imagine, but. I mean, I'm, I'm just playing whatever role I am. I'm obviously, I'm going to be back there returning kicks, trying to make plays, um, and always have that mentality that if it's if they call my number, then you know I'm going to go out there and make plays. And I've always said that's how I see myself as just a playmaker. So whenever they call my number, I'm going to go out there and try to execute. 
Press conferences and select locker room sound available on Jaguars.com. In a moment, Texans insider Drew Doherty on the state of the Houston Texans at 0-3-1. Plus, Bucky Brooks on the importance of the divisional games ahead. And Jawan Taylor on taking criticism in stride. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. This program archived, of course, the Huddle Up podcast, the Ozone podcast, plenty more. Give us that five-star rating. Now to the best of our shows this week, starting with a preview of this week's game on Jags Drive Time Wednesday morning. Houston Texans reporter Drew Doherty joined Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osier, and Brian Sexton for a preview of the 0-3-1 Houston Texans. That is true. They are better than last year, but they're still 0-3-1, and there's nothing to really smile about uh, when you think about that record on the whole. However, there are some bright spots, and the brightest of them all is a guy who's very, very familiar to all of you back there in Jacksonville. Damian Pierce, the running back, has been a breath of fresh air. Ever since the pads came on in training camp, you took notice. And then in the preseason games, he was clearly the best guy, the best weapon out there for the team. So much so that he averaged about seven, eight, nine yards a carry in the, the preseason opener. They held him out of that second preseason game because they said, hey, we've seen enough. And then he comes in and basically over four games, he's averaging about 16, 17 touches per. And he just cracked the 100-yard mark last Sunday, largely in part to a 75-yard touchdown run. But you take that run out of the mix, and he still was good for about 4.3 yards per carry. And this was a Texans team that was dead last in the NFL in yards per carry last year, only 3.4. So even when he wasn't peeling off monster runs, he was still doing his job and getting 4.3. So this guy has been excellent. One weird little anomaly uh, from last week in the stat line. He caught six passes, but he only got eight yards off. And a lot of that a lot of that was kind of due to ball placement. I mean, he was having to sort of contort his body on the run and, and reach behind himself. I think if he gets the ball just where it needs to be, he's going to get some good yardage catching the ball as well. So he's been excellent, but the run defense hasn't been good. The defense as a whole has given up big plays when they can't. And Davis Mills... He's just got to play better, and he said so himself. He's got to make the throws when needed, and it's been a struggle in that department. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Also this week on Wednesday, huddle up with Bucky Brooks. Bucky, Osher, and I talked through the importance of the next two games in the division race, home against the Texans this week and on the road against the Colts next week. Yeah, division games are always big. And I think uh, in listening to the players, they talked about the importance of winning the division because it gives you a guaranteed ticket to the playoffs. And so when we think about the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, those games matter. They matter a little more. And so even though the Texans are struggling and have had a tough time, doesn't matter. In a division game, you focus on knocking them off and playing your best, particularly coming off a loss. I expect the Jaguars and I expect the coaches to focus on let's get back on track 
let's take care of business because we need to win the division games at home because it matters. Yeah, to me, JP, this game has a lot of uh, what you would call non-sexy storylines running through it. Like, it's not going to be one that you know, the NFL network plays up. And I think even fans might look at it and say, well, it's not Philadelphia, they're not unbeaten. But you have a chance to be 2-0 and in the AFC South. You have a chance to move to 2-0 and here in this stadium, which they have not been, well, they've been good anywhere. But, you know, when a new coach, new regime comes in, you want to start establishing that it's tough to play somewhere. Uh, they haven't beaten a team other than the Colts in the AFC South since the Minshew game out here in, in, in 2019 when they beat the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's right. So wow. you've got to start establishing things in the division. And it's it's a subtly tough game because even though the Texans are 0-3-1, they go into this weekend thinking if we win this and Tennessee loses, they're a half game out. I, I've always thought until a team believes it's out of it in the NFL, which the Texans do not believe that yet, they are a threat and they're strong because they're not going to quit. And uh, so I think this is, I, I believe the Jaguars are the better team. They've earned the right to be favorites. But it is a, uh, it's a tough game that I think will say a lot about this team in terms of where it's going to go. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at 4 o'clock on the Jags social media channels and Jaguars.com. And finally this week, the Ozone podcast. Osher caught up with Jaguars right tackle Jawan Taylor. You have been a uh, storyline this season mm-hmm. uh, with everybody making a big deal at out of how well you're playing. So I have, right. I have a couple of topics. Is it that big of a difference where you unfairly criticize before? You know what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Sometimes offensive right. line, people, uh, they see it, they think they know. Right. Uh, how much better are you playing? Do you feel like it's that big of a difference? I mean, you know, playing in this profession, you know, you're under a microscope 24-7. So, uh, you know, I have criticism some days. I I don't. You know, I feel like I'm playing better, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I'm not where I want to be at yet, but I'm just trying to get better every week. Um, I feel like I took a step back last week. I just had a bad game. But I'm definitely just trying to keep improving and getting better. I've asked you this before, but I'll ask you another way. Uh, Do you ever think, as an offensive lineman, boy, if I played another position Mm -hmm. and had this game, because – you guys are the one job where you can play well for 75 plays, mm-hmm. give up two, right. and uh, people think you had a horrible game. Right. You do that on defense, miss two tackles, maybe somebody doesn't notice. Right. Do you ever fantasize about, boy, it'd be great to play another spot? Uh, I really, just maybe not another spot, but you know, it just that's just part of the game, sure. man. You know, playing this position, you got to know that you know, like you said, one bad play can change from having a great game to having a bad right. game. So. Um, you know, the position we play, you got to block guys while going backwards, guys who are faster, guys who can be more athletic than mm-hmm. you. So, uh, you know, you just got to be able to be in the right position at the right time. And, you know, some days you may have one bad play, but, you know, you just got to brush it off and keep moving. Um, it's a game of just you got to play one step, one play at a time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to have short memory in this game. So, um, you know, just trying to just get better every week, man. It's not that I want to play another position or I think about other positions, <laughs> but – I mean, you know, it would be nice to have that, that you sure. know, how the defense has it. You know, they can get one sack a game and lose every other rep and still be great and still be a Hall of Famer or still be all pro, but that's just the how, that's just how the game is. Tell me about playing next to Sheriff. It's amazing. Uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, great veteran. Um, you know, he's he's been all pro multiple times, uh, pro bowler multiple times, and uh, having him in the in the room, just in the O line room in general, has been amazing. You know, uh, he's just a great leader as well, and uh, he he's just a great guy overall. We love having him there, and playing next to him is amazing. Um, you know, we we've definitely got a lot of we gelled a lot since he's mm-hmm. been here, 
and just taking those reps next to him in, you know, OTAs and camp. I've just been learning stuff from him, and he's been teaching me a lot of stuff, and I feel like we've been gelling together well. The Full Ozone Podcast on the official Jaguars Podcast Network and listen on jaguars.com. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. The Jaguars will host the Houston Texans Sunday on Legends Weekend. Tony Baselli will receive his ring of excellence from the Pro Football Hall of Fame at halftime. We're on the air in Jacksonville at 10 o'clock with the Public's Tailgate Show. At noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. Kickoff time set for 1 o'clock. Enjoy the weekend and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week interview podcast presented by TIAA Bank.